ahead and get started. So we are, you're in the session, teamwork makes the dream work. And we're going to go just across the panel here and just say who we are and what ministry we do. And then once we're done with that, there's a few questions or just things that we have heard countless times that people struggle with in the field as far as like, how do you make this work? I've got some stereotype things I'm not sure how to work through. So we're going to address those. Then we're going to do a lot of dialogue question and answer from the floor. So we love crowd, crowd participation. We're going to start down here on the left with Eric. I'm Eric Deal. I'm lead pastor at Covenant Life in Hubbard. I'm Scott Norquest. I'm the children's pastor at Louisville First Assembly, and I oversee junior Bible quiz and team Bible quiz for the state. And Eric is pretending to be Harry today. So Harry Hunt, who is our ranger director. I'm Angel Perebsky. I am girls ministry director for the state of Ohio and co-pastor at Radiant Life Church. I'm... Oh, they got fancy. I know, that's yeah. awesome. Mm. One fan. That's right. my girl. I, uh, you people turn it up, okay? <clears throat> uh, <laughs> uh, I am Nate Ortiz. I have the privilege of being the youth director here in the state of Ohio. Yeah. Thank, yeah. You. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you. I have very low self-esteem, so thank you. <laughs> I'm Steve Davis. I'm sitting in for Stacey Petty, who is the most awesome Kidman director yes. in the oh, entire nation. Here yes. up for Kidman. Yep. Right. Yes. And I, I'm I'm a family life pastor at Painesville Assembly of God, and have been in um, children and family ministry for about thirty since I was a kid. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what is happening sponsor. up here? He was my youth sponsor as a kid. Oh, that's yeah. special. Yeah. Anyway, very cool. All right, so we're going to have fun today. If you couldn't tell already, we're going to have a great time. So um, we know that our churches have a lot of great dynamic ministries, and in a perfect world that would never be a problem, but we don't live in a perfect world, do we? So we want to address some elephants in the room, um, maybe some questions that we have heard countless times over and over and over again, and um, hopefully we'll just have fun talking about it and giving our input. So we're going to start with a big question, probably Scott, Harry, pretend Harry, myself here a lot. <laughs> um, how do we incorporate gender specifics and Bible knowledge, so gender specific ministry like girls and boys ministries, as well as Bible knowledge, things like Bible quiz, uh, without having actual programs? Ooh. Want to start there? Who wants to start? Okay, okay I will. I'll start. Um, <laughs> We have rangers and girls ministries at our church, and I grew up AG. Those have Bible incorporated in them to begin with. Um, you don't necessarily I'm a, you don't necessarily have to do what's in every book, A to Z. You don't need the badges. You don't need the sashes if kids want to do it. That's the icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. In junior Bible quiz, it's quizzing and points, and the seals are a separate component. There's lots of different ways that we get mm -hmm. Bible knowledge um, in, in Bible quiz, and so. These are the things that these ministries offer are tools for you and it's between you and the Holy Spirit and your local church what do it how you do it and what works for your church. Um, it's been said about 20 times today but in other sessions but seriously that I mean that's what it boils down to you you take all these tools and do do you your church how you want to do it but do it you teach them the word you know, do gender-specific ministry and, and minister to boys and girls separately. Minister, to, let them interact as well and get the word in them. And uh, 
don't know. That's all I have to say so far. Yeah. So, so how can that look? Um, if you are any kids people in the room, who are my children's people in the room? Raise your hand. All right. Yeah. All right. So what that looks like is maybe with your curriculum, you have small groups as a part of that. Will you talk about the lesson that's learned? Maybe you separate your boys and your girls for small group. Instead of separating by age, it's by gender. Uh, so that way you can go into a little bit of a deeper explanation of that. Uh, for perspective, boys and girls, say you're talking about purity that week. Boys struggle with purity differently than girls struggle with purity. So you can talk about those. And the same thing with your youth ministries. A lot of youth ministries are doing small groups in that. So separate your teen girls and your teen boys, and that's your small group conversation. It doesn't have to look like badges and sashes and a curriculum. It can. We'd love that. But if what works for your church is just taking 15 minutes, um, then do that. Um, it, it can also look like maybe you have a hangout on a Friday night once every other month with just your boys and just your girls. So you just have a hangout where you get together. Maybe you're doing an event or you come to a teen girl conference or a girls retreat. It's just specifically for that. Um, things just at your local church on that level uh, where you are just like this guy's night out. You know, girls, you got to stay home. And it could just be fun and exciting. It doesn't have to be curriculum based. We have uh, men of honor, women of virtue. Uh, we've done several times in churches we've been where we go biblical with the Jewish customs. When these young men and women are old enough to procreate, they're old enough to be adults. And we treat them like that. But there's specific times that you need to separate them that we can be specific. That we can talk to the young men about young men's things, young ladies about young ladies' things. We bring them back in together and we call them out of childish ways into adulthood. And we teach them how it's okay to be together to talk and to communicate, to socialize and talk, uh, sit together. And have, but at the same time, when they're separated, we can be more specific. Like Angel said, there's certain things, I don't know if you know it, but guys and girls, we're wired different. <laughs> so For in sure. order to be able to be effective in that, our ladies, we live in a society today where we got, I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm just going to say it. We got men wearing dresses and ladies wearing suits. Okay. We live in a society today that's very confusing to this generation and as a church we need to be able to set biblical boundaries but be inviting at the same time and show them their self-worth who they are that they weren't a mistake that they're not confused that they are created for a purpose yeah and it's okay to be a male and it's okay to be a fame female but now we're going to walk with you yeah it's good good stuff just, yeah one thing i would highly suggest is the whole gender specific kind of thing is critical and it's critical for us to address in the church earlier and earlier because it's being addressed in the public system or in our culture earlier and earlier mm -hmm. but when you do it be organized create a, a, a an outline you know this is what we're going to talk about this is how we're going to do it and you communicate that well in advance to the parents Right. So they are fully aware of what they are doing. You can invite them to come and observe if they want. Just, don't spring any of this on a parent um, without them knowing that you're going to be sure. talking about some of these areas because we're supposed to be partnering with parents. Right. The discipleship starts in the home. We're, we're, we're trying to help that process, not usurp it. But so communication, communication, communication. Yeah, that's good. For the sake of we're kind of talking about this already, I'm going to actually skip to why gender-specific ministry. Um, and if it's okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to start on that. Just naturally, if a seven-year-old little boy comes into the room, I'm, I'm like this, Hey, buddy, what's up? How you 
do it today. Like, I'm loud, I'm obnoxious, I'm making him feel like he is a superhero, right? Like, he is the coolest little dude that walks in. But when that seven-year-old little girl walks in, I'm like, hey, girl, you look so pretty. I love your dress. Like, instantly, my tone, I don't think about doing that. It's what I naturally do. And I would say you do the same thing, right? Like, a teenage boy even walks in the room, you're like, what up? And, you know, your fist bumping or whatever. But a girl walks in and is like, hey, how you doing? Right? There's a difference in how we naturally communicate to boys and girls, and yet in ministry, we're like, you're going to take it this way. It doesn't even make sense because in our normal, natural, everyday conversations, we don't do that. But for whatever reason in the church world, we defy all eyes and we're like, you just take it the way I'm, I'm going to say it right now. So naturally, uh, we're already predisposed to do those things. So let's continue it. And again, as we talked about before, you know, purity looks different to boys than it does to girls. We don't struggle in the same way most of the time. Bullying. A boy does not bully the same way a girl bullies. You know that it's true. So we are, we're able to address those a little bit differently in a way that it actually matters. We can take subjects and topics. So a youth pastor, I'll say a youth pastor can have this sermon and be talking about it, but then you separate and you go to your small groups and you might be talking about pornography over here, but to the young ladies you're talking about, you need to cover yourself up. Do you see what I'm saying? But you're not saying that so much in a public setting, but you're able to get in just a little bit more in the nitty-gritty, sharing those things, teaching them those things in a way that you can't always do in a corporate setting. Uh, because at the end of the day, you talked about you know the gender confusion in this world. The church is losing. We are not leading the way, and that breaks my heart. Like, if I had a soapbox to stand on, I'd stand on that all day long. We're behind, and we need, we are not only needing to play catch-up, we need to surpass in leading. So that happens in our discipleship and how we're teaching them, teaching little girls how to be little girls, their value, their purpose. The same thing with our young man. This is what a young man lives like. This is what the Word of God says about it. But if we don't take that opportunity to teach them beyond our basic, like, hey, we all need to be Christians, they don't know. We can't expect them to know. The world isn't teaching them anymore. It's our job to step that up. So anybody else on that? Because I totally just preached. I'm sorry. That was good. I was trying to offer play somebody. No. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, that's super powerful. I just, and coming from the youth perspective here, um, man, I, I talking about ministry that goes throughout a student, right? I mean, I think as a church, it's great. Think about what you want a child to experience going, you know, going through. I, I know some churches even have like faith milestones, right? Whether it's like you know baptism or communion, mm -hmm. and I know sometimes we think of like you know maybe the Catholic, our Catholic friends and how they do, but like we we need to have this like tracking how people yeah. are are growing in their faith and how they're they're moving along. So think about that even in your your church, and so. So, uh, more, and then more speaking on what Angel was saying about gender specific, I mean, wow, like there is such attack on families nowadays. Yes. I mean, like, we have to realize this is like a, a strategic attack of the enemy, mm -hmm. right? You know, first, it's, we got the divorce rate is high, we have dads out of the picture, we have just, you know, so many different things that are just taking mm -hmm. place um, on so many different levels, and it's just confusion. Um, and, and so I would say it's from the youth perspective. I know um, in the youth world you're dealing with a lot of different personalities. Be the type of youth pastor, youth leader that is helping your student find the environment that they can grow the best. That's good. Right? Sometimes it may not be in your youth ministry. It might be in Rangers, you know, um, and, and to work with, you know, wh whoever. 
Um, it was a young lady said, like, you really need to connect with the girls' ministry uh, mm-hmm. on some level. Because, you know what, sometimes there's there's a student in your youth ministry who's like, I, I really don't feel comfortable, like, in this room with lights and loud music and all this kind of stuff. I just feel uncomfortable. But, man, put me, you know, in a tent with other guys around a campfire, being able to talk, like, man, that speaks to me. Like, for me, beyond nature, that does not speak to me. Uh, <laughs> I hear really clear from the Lord in air conditioning. That's what I hear about. <laughs> I hear so clearly. Um, But, you know, but as, you know, as a youth pastor, I never want a kid to feel like, well, like, because I don't like dodgeball and like, you know, sports isn't my thing. Now I feel like this is like being at school. You know what I mean? Like we want to help young men, you know, and young ladies develop in a way. Not saying like, oh, come on, be a guy, be tough. And it's like. Well, you know, I just like to draw. Like, can I just draw? Do I have to? <laughs> right. Do I have to do what you're at? You know, these kind of things. So think, think wide mm-hmm. uh, of what of what a person. You know, maybe there's a kid in your youth who wants to like be a kid pastor, right? All right. <laughs> and it's like, wow, let, let's let's foster that. Yeah. Um, let let's see it happen, um, and not fall just so so narrow minded of, hey, we're all doing this activity and you're gonna love it, but really think about your your people individually. That's good. Good stuff. So how do we transition kids to youth seamlessly? What's that transition look like? What are some steps that we could take transitioning kids to youth? Um, Again, that's going to look different in every church, but what can't be different is the effort that's intentional and, you know, very specific to do it. Um, For our church up through fifth grade is under the children's ministry banner. Sixth grade and on up is under the student ministries um, because it's middle school. Um, And that was sort of a natural break. I mean, each of them years ago at a national level, Royal Rangers and Girls Ministry, when they rewrote their new curriculum, it it changed. You know, stars became third, fourth, and fifth. You know, discovery boys are third, fourth, and fifth. You know, and sixth grade is a whole new world, you know, in, in, in both of those ministries. Um, and so from the public school system and the middle school um, movement to even our own national curriculums. Um, so anyway, so that's where our dividing line is. But, you know, I know at our church, I take time out to have a specific discipleship um, relational ministry with my fourth and fifth graders. It's the last two years I have them. I want to speak life into them. I want to develop them as leaders. I want them to be the leaders of the children's ministry. Mm -hmm. And I want to have an opportunity to introduce them and mix it up with my student ministries, my youth pastor, especially during that fifth grade year so that they're not just focused on what it is in children's ministry, but they're looking forward and they're starting to build a relationship because we invite you know, our youth pastor to come to several events during the, the January through May because we move up the very first week in June. That's when our transitions are at our, at our church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you just become very intentional yeah. of, of encouraging your kids, one, to see themselves as leaders so that when they become a sixth grader in student ministries and in the youth group, they don't feel like a freshman and they have no role yeah. because you already built them up and you're a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was so proud. We, we graduated a group of like five girls last year. And as, they, as soon as they hit the ground in Pastor James' youth group, they were already leaders in reality youth because awesome. 
they were that confident coming out of their children's ministry experience. And so you just need to be really intentional and help them to see themselves the way God sees them and that there, there is a whole new adventure ahead and just partner. Communication, 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 yeah, communication, 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 yeah. if yes. I can communicate. <laughs> it's good. It is just that relationship between children and youth and, and make sure that's, that's dynamic and there's a lot of interplay. Yeah. Yes. We did 20, 20 years plus my wife and I in youth ministry is um, don't wait until the day that we, they move up in the church that we introduce them to youth ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Don't wait to that day. It needs to be something once or twice throughout the year. We would integrate them into an event. And we would go to some of our seniors and juniors in the youth group and say, you know, they're, oh, Pastor Eric, I don't want to deal with these kids. They're annoying. They're my little brother or sister. But say, you were there five years ago. You were that little annoying one. But what could you, if you could go back and talk to you five years ago, well, there you are right there. Invest in them. Do something with them. So we would put together one or uh, a fun trip or activity and then... Uh, a serious moment once or twice throughout the year so they're already having like um, Steve was saying it's integrated a little bit that they're kind of used to that feeling when they come in it's not like going out of junior high right into high school for the very first day you know and like you said communicate talk to the parents let them know because some parents still are involved in their kids lives and they have questions you know what is this you know the youth and the boys and the girls are going together to camp out what's that mean who's going to be chaperoning they want to know these things. Now you can ease that and make those parents your greatest asset. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and you know, honestly, uh, you know, my role is different. I'm not in the local church, but as a youth pastor, youth leader, like you want to be the kidney director or the, you know, the youth kid pastor, biggest fan mm-hmm. uh, on so many levels. Like these kids that they're raising up are going to be in your youth ministry. Right? It is, you know, they aren't getting ministered now. Now they're in youth ministry. Now you're getting ministered to. Yeah. Now you're raised home. So like, you're a leader. You're mm-hmm. a, you're a leader. Yeah. You don't don't wait till someone just like decides to you know, say it later. Like it's now. So you'll be the biggest fan. Be a part of those things. The communication piece. I think like you're saying will always go on and on and on. And I think, um, you know, I, I always say this. Like you always want to be talking up the next thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm not just saying like, hey, talk up your youth pastor to send them over. Even for youth pastors, as you send your students on, yeah. right? Because if, if, especially in youth culture, if you're not careful, you can draw kids into yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, the, the joke I say is, you know, a, a parent, God loving parents that like man speak life into their children are, are wonderful parents. They'll be speaking over their kids and encouraging them, loving them, and their kid will come to youth group and the youth pastor says something. And this kid walks in the car and says, Mom, Dad, yeah. Pastor so-and-so said this. And the parent's like, you've never heard that before? <laughs> Anywhere? Think long and hard. <laughs> no. Pastor Nate said it was amazing. It's like, they've been saying it for months, these parents, you know? Yeah. But something coming from a youth pastor. And so for even your students, right, I want them to understand when you go to big church, when you go, it's good. Yeah. It's not youth, it's not youth ministry who's doing it right or we're doing it excited because there's lights and there's loud music mm-hmm. and the preaching is this or that. No, like this is the kingdom of God. You move forward. That's what it is. Uh, you know, the success of youth ministry, and I know I'm kind of speaking more on the latter end, but or the, the, the you know, end here, but um, the success of youth ministry really happens when you leave. Yeah. That's when you really find out how successful you were. Yeah. When you look back and say, man, people are still pursuing the Lord. They're still walking with Him. Mm-hmm. That, because after the dust settles, mm-hmm. the fruit that remains, as done by the Holy Spirit, 
that's the real success. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, that's more like real youth specific. But remember that. that That's where it is, right? Are your kids yeah. going to big church? And are they tithing? Are they giving the missions? Mm-hmm. Or are they just like, what's missions? Mm-hmm. They say, no, no, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Are youth pastors preparing us for what's next? Yeah. That's good. So let's talk about some labels and stereotypes, right? And if I'm, I'm going to start this one because it's fun for me to start this one. Because girls' ministry is about badges and sashes. I mean, isn't that what everybody knows? Like, it's all, it's just about wearing the sash with badges and rangers. It's about their, like, bow tie thing. What's it called? Their bolo tie. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry. It's about their bolo tie and campfires. That's all they do is is those sorts of things. And youth ministry is just loud and crazy and fun. There's never any spiritual growth, ever. Like, it is just about the lights and the performance and the show. Not in Ohio, though. Yeah, right. No one says that. And I think any of us from any of those respective worlds would be offended to think that that's all we were made up, right? Because right, right. kids' ministry, they just play fun and games. That's that's all they do in kids' ministry. It's just fun and games. Glorified babysitting. Right, you're, you're just babysitters. <laughs> right, right. It's ridiculous to say that, but sometimes we, without thinking, we will continue that stereotype and keep people in a box. Um, and that is the worst thing we need to do. You, they go, your students, whether they're kids or teenagers, they go to school and they get a label put on them. They will always get a label put on them in their local schools, right? Um, but in the church, the last thing they need to be is labeled on, oh, are they a girls' ministry kid or a youth ministry kid? Are those the kind of girls that do this or do that? It's ridiculous. It's like, that makes me want to puke. Um, but it's important that as leaders, we don't do that, that we don't buy into that and feed into that, even on accident, um, because it's easy to do. It's easy to just assume, but, you know, at the end of the day, we'll move on, um, continuing that on, that we shouldn't compete with one another. We each have our unique purpose. I talked about it in a session or two ago. You know, I was a youth pastor for more years than my daughter was alive, so um, <laughs> I, a long time, a lot of years in that world, right? And I remember at one point um, somebody talking about the youth ministry world. Now, mind you, they didn't know that I was also, I would teach our discipleship to our girls at the time on the side, about how the youth ministry, it's all just about hype, and, you know, it's evangelistic only. Ugh. Ugh. Right? Because there are some youth pastors who are also discipling. And so at its nature, yes, youth ministry or kids ministry is more evangelistic in nature. You are preaching sermons. You are doing corporate worship. It's church feel to their level. When you're thinking about traditional rangers and girls ministries and things like that, it's going to come across like very classroom discipleship oriented. But it doesn't mean that girls ministry doesn't evangelize. And it doesn't mean that youth ministry never disciples, but we instantly pack it to look a certain way. And I think that's what causes the division with where we're at in the church. So anybody else have any thoughts on that? Real quick. I know Scott wants to say something. <laughs> but one of the things we're working on and doing with some of these churches and seeing churches that are, are being successful by Christianese terms or growing are churches that know how to differentiate this, prioritize it, but... We work with lay leaders and pastors, youth, children, whatever. This is a great concept. Whoever's doing it, if the children's ministry is working on a Christmas concert that they're doing, involve the other pastors to help with them, set designing, whatever it is. So now it's not, well, the children's doing their children's thing, the youth's doing their thing, the young adult, college career, whatever. No, it's a team. 
So now you learn to value each other's ministry, and you're also showing the people in that ministry, oh look, you know, Pastor Nate's here, you know, whoever's here, they're all here together behind you. It's one family that can do many things together. Yeah. I think in addition to communication, it's kind of piggybacking off Eric. There's a there's a culture of service. Our teenagers are the primary helpers in our toddler church and in our children's church. Um, they help at VBS. Our youth pastor and his wife help at VBS. They teach toddlers. So these kids, they not, they not only know who the youth pastor is by the time they get there, they know the youth pastor. So there's you know there's the team concept that he just mentioned where you know we're we're all in this together and and moms and dads we're in this with you and part of this it, it's not just all on it's all on these ministries junior bible quiz doesn't work if the parents not teaching the kid at home the bible um rangers girls ministries these discipleship things deuteronomy 6 4 through 9 the command is given to the parents to impress the bible on the kids we're facilitators mm-hmm. we're, we shouldn't go out thinking that Rangers or any of these ministries, youth ministry is the primary discipleship tool. Mm-hmm. We're 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 an assist. We're yes. we're God's provision to help the parents. Yeah. And so you set up your 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 culture that way, and you you design your your programs, whatever. The purpose of your program is to equip, ultimately equip and help the parents to raise kids to pursue Jesus, mm-hmm. who love Jesus. Um, there's there's a a term going. For a long time, growing up in church in the AG, there's a, you know, there was perfection. We wanted to raise perfect kids, and society wants to raise the perfect child. And this, we need to be less concerned with perfect perfection, and we need to be more concerned with excellence. Are we pursuing with all our heart God? Are these kids coming up mm-hmm. pursuing God? Are, are our teenagers investing in the next generation up? You know, yeah. we, our our JBQ kids, they, you know, that that was what I preached to them is okay. You had your ride, you had your fun, you went to nationals, now it's your turn to raise that up and, yeah. you know, replace yourself. You know, we, we want to replace ourselves because I'm getting old yeah. and uh, wearing down. But So you create that culture of service like Eric was talking about where both units are working together and investing in each other and helping each other out yeah. and not, you know, siloing things. Yeah, that's so. good. And I, I would just love to add... Um, out of my 30 plus years of full-time ministry, um, I think 27, 28 of those have been in children and family. Uh, I started out as a youth pastor. You know, that's why Scott was in my youth group. But uh, <laughs> well, I was in the youth group, but he wasn't wise. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I can say that. I'm, it's all right. But the reality is, in most of our churches. They're small enough that the children's ministry, if, if it's separate from the teenage, the youth ministry, they share spaces because they don't have, you know, a separate youth room and a separate kids' men area and uh, that kind of thing. Can I just say outright, you know, if, if you're in kid men, is have the most dynamic relationship you can to the person who's doing youth because if they make... It, it, it alive and, and active and fun and empowering to a teenager, your kids are going to love it too. Mm-hmm. But as a children's pastor, if you insist on, it's got to have this and these flowers and it's got to be really childlike, there's no way a teenager is going to function in that space. <laughs> so, you know, allow, you know, when you're sharing space, give that preference 
mm-hmm. to that teenager because your younger kids will be stimulated by it. Yeah. And you can then be working together in, in a dynamic, positive environment that works for both age groups and you're not knocking heads. Right. And so I have always looked towards helping that, that youth person in any way I can because I know the better that space is and the more visual and appealing and exciting it is, my kids are going to like hanging out there too. Mm-hmm. And if we have to share the space, then that, that's the way to go. So right. again, it's teamwork. Right. You know, it's great. And we never have any problem sharing spaces in our local yeah. churches, right? Like none of you have ever experienced that. <laughs> but in all reality, we're not here to compete with each other. We are not here to compete. I, in no way, shape, or form, would ever want to compete with what Stacy is doing at a kids' camp or what Nate is doing at his events. And it's the same way in our local churches. So, yeah, there are our, our ministries, I pray to God, your ministries, have a purpose and why you exist, right? And it's to fulfill that purpose, which means if my purpose is I'm, evang- I'm evangelizing, that's my goal, that's my strategy for my ministry, then I need to be okay that Nate's purpose might be discipleship. And he might be all in on discipleship. And instead of competing that my way is better and his way is better, now we merge them together and we complement each other the way the Bible says it's supposed to be because now we have the head operating and the arm operating and the feet operating and it's like, oh, this is this is the body of Christ. That's what that scripture means, right? Um, so it is, it is important that we don't have these silos or these like my ministry, your ministry, but how can we work together? How can teamwork make the dream work? How can we equip our young our young students to grow up and be godly men and women who will then equip the next generation that's all of our goal or we wouldn't be here today right so we do need to just keep that that mindset as we uh as we continue to lead and and i'll say this just two thoughts um you know one thing that was really eye-opening for me the church i was at um we had uh you know all Saturday sunday mornings which is right tougher kids pastors right you never get to sit on a sunday morning service you are ministering to families and so at the church we had a friday night service that was kind of like a believer service and we had guest speakers and the children's pastor asked what they had staff she said can anyone in this room want to volunteer to do kids on friday night i was like don't make eye contact she won't <laughs> um, but I, I i did it and let me tell you give me a room full of teenagers any day you know i was like the level of appreciation just went up so much truly because i was leading the kids service i know that's very hard to imagine and those kids are probably in counseling somewhere but you know talking to kids where it's like you know it's different than you you make a joke kids yeah. are like, ah, ah, ah. like wait no focus wait i need you yeah. like, you know lock in here um but i had a deep appreciation for what she did and the fact that every sunday she was in with the kids and she wasn't sitting on the front row receiving like I was. And so, you know, uh, maybe in your youth ministry, in kids ministry, maybe try to set something up like that to say, hey, I'm going to come serve one day and I'm going to be all in and, and maybe come out and speak to a youth service to have that appreciation. Um, you know, it, it was really eye-opening for me. And the other thing I was going to say too, you know, when you are butting heads in your kids ministry, youth ministry, or, you know, root, uh, youth to rangers or to, to, to girls ministry, you are dishonoring your lead pastor. Yes. Mm. Say that again. Preach, brother. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I've, seen that. I've never really thought before, but like, yeah. But, but you are. Yeah. I, you know, you want to reach this church and have your lead pastor pastor the people, but he's too busy trying to pastor you guys mm. through mm. stage design. We have the van first. We want this. 
your pastor's efforts don't need to be focused on that. Or, you know, are the Rangers, they're doing this, they, they, you know, this stuff's in our space. It's like, no, 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 no. You need to, as mature believers, work on that. Yeah. And have that discussion. So your lead pastor can feel blessed and say, man, my team's amazing. They are really working together and, and co-laboring. It's that key word, communicate. Yeah. Mm. Communicate. Right? Yeah. It so. works in marriage, too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's just better when we do. That's good. Good stuff. So another another area that uh, we're going to address is the need for a point person, whether it's your children's pastor, your youth pastor, a volunteer that's in charge. There does need to be somebody who is the over overshadowing governor of what happens. And what I, what I mean by that is um, in our church, uh, as I, I teach, I disciple our teenage girls. So when I'm picking out what lessons, what units we're doing, I'm actually talking to our youth pastor, who reports to me, by the way. Like, I'm technically his boss. But I go to him and say, what do you want me teaching these teenage girls? Here are some lessons that I have. Which ones are going to make the most impact right now with the girls you have? It's not a matter of, like, I'm in charge, he's in charge. Right now, that's, that's your area. That's what you get paid to shepherd. That's what you get paid to oversee. So come, come alongside me. Let me help you and invest in that as opposed to, again, being those silos. But that's the important part of having a point person is there is there should be somebody who's managing that to make sure that it is flowing together, that it's not my church, your church. You know, I'm trying to do this, but you just preached on that last week. Oh, I, I didn't I didn't realize that because now we just double dipped and we didn't need to right so I think just that working together anybody else on that and the need for leadership anybody? No, that's all right I'm gonna pass that along because I don't know if we covered all your stuff anybody else up here on what we've covered so far so far before we open it up to the floor yeah <laughs> <laughs> the face was not awesome. Every single one of the ministries and curriculum out there, every single one of them that I've encountered in both kids' church, um, rangers, girls' ministry, all of it, the, the, they're tools. And there isn't one that's better than the other. They're all different. They all serve a niche, and they all serve a purpose. So we have rangers, girls' ministries, and JBQ at our church, and teen Bible quiz, and the, the way we've structured it is that Rangers and Girls Ministries, the core curriculum is the Bible. So Bible quiz can be used as kind of a support system for that to make to enhance Rangers and to enhance to enhance Girls Ministries to get the you know kind of the tween girls and boys more a little more accelerated in the Word so they can rise to leadership quicker than the, the bus kid that doesn't have church parents or anything like that. So those, those church kids that have the word as a foundation can then assist we leaders and pastors and youth leaders as in ministering and discipling those kids. It's, I don't know, it's just, to me it's the Great Commission. It's the church being the church yeah. and just making disciples. And I've used a phrase forever at my church and, and in JBQ, just discipling future disciple makers. Mm -hmm. That's the purpose of this. So if there's, like Nate was talking about the conflict, if there's, you get someone in there that, because I'm pretty gung-ho about JBQ, if you don't know, know me very well, um, about Bible quiz and, and what it can do, and because um, I'm a product of it. But there's a, it, 
it's not a means of conflict like don't do the others do this it's do this with the others to make it all better yes. to make the church the church yeah. um, so good. if you're sitting here today and you're thinking man my ranger my range senior ranger commander is just a pain in the butt and he just hogs the van and takes everything and his boys leave stuff everywhere well you know then he's got an issue with Jesus and needs to be corrected I'm probably treading on thin ice here but Same. but it's just it, it, he needs to come to the realization and if you're that guy or if you're that girls leader or if you're that JBQ guy you know you need to understand that what you what you're part of is, is just a tool to assist ultimately the church and to to assist Jesus and you need to come alongside and partner so that the vision of your church from the lead pastor down is accomplished where you're at. Yeah. Um, I just, we have, there's just, there, there really isn't conflict at my church, but getting around and seeing all the different hearing issues and, and talking to people over the years, it just, it, it's kind of heartbreaking to me to see that there's, there is that, you know, that conflict. And it's mm -hmm. like, dude, we're in this for Jesus. We, yeah. Kids are, you know, kids are being fed garbage out there and we're worried about who uses what closet. Seriously? You know, so to kind of spin off an eight. Sorry. Anything else, Steve? I was at our church. We're still. Uh, I've only been at the church that I'm at about five years, um, and we're still in transition a little bit because even before I came, things shifted. What, what was happening on Sunday night, or, or and now is on a Wednesday night, or vice versa. Or you know, we used to have Sunday school, and now we don't have Sunday school, and you know, all, all those kinds of transitions, which is pretty common, you know, <laughs> amongst our, all of our church worlds. Um, the, the one biggest thing is that for those of us who are in leadership roles, you know, whether it's lead pastor or staff pastor or, or, or volunteer leader of a ministry, is it's really our task to make sure that we schedule that calendar so that we're not in competition or in conflict. Right. Because... Rangers and girls ministry and Bible quiz and youth group. I mean, those are all very, very important for all kinds of different reasons. And for us to create a schedule that forces a family or children to choose, yeah. we're, we are setting ourselves up for defeat. Mm -hmm. It just makes no sense. Yes. And so it's really sitting down as as. The, the, the big people <laughs> in the church, those that are responsible, and saying, you know, you know, what, how can we offer the options that are desirable right. in such a way that we're complementing each other, we're not competing, mm -hmm. not for time, not for space, not for clause, whatever it is. But that, that's a leadership issue. It shouldn't be a parent <clears throat> issue. It shouldn't be a kid's issue. It should be a leadership issue. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and so I just encourage, you know, uh, just really invest some time and effort to, to make that uh, eliminate the elephant <laughs> yeah. that is in the room in so many churches. It doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, and, and I know for us, Again, um, just these complementary ministries, because we didn't have any kids coming to Sunday school on a Sunday morning at 9.30 in the morning, and we just decided, you know, we were spending time with money and teachers and things, you know, and, and for the one or two or three 
whatever when when you're attracting 50 at the next hour it just wasn't working it was you know but Sunday school traditionally at least in, when I was growing up that's where we learned the basic stories of scripture that's where we learn so much of, of the Bible and so it's like well duh we're just going to integrate junior Bible quiz right. into what we do during our worship hour and our children's curriculum. We're going to highlight and we're going to bring that basic Bible instruction through a, something that's already developed for us. Right. And we're going to integrate that for a 15, 20 minute portion of our children's worship hour. Yeah. And so, all right, we don't have Sunday school and we're not using that curriculum, but now we are focusing in on scripture every Sunday because we can integrate mm -hmm. JBQ. And some of those kids will may join the Junior Bible Quiz Ministry and go on a team. They may not, but they're getting the Bible mm -hmm. right. and they are learning theology and they're learning the people and the places and, right. and, and that will make everything else they do come alive because that's so critical as a foundation piece. So right. just be creative. The resources are there and they don't have to be used in any one, one way. They could just be integrated as to what works in your setting. It's good. What's the song any children's pastors that goes, what's going to work? Teamwork. It's teamwork. <laughs> I've seen children, I've seen friends saved through Bible quiz. Yeah. I've seen them saved through youth ministry. I've seen them saved around a council fire. I've seen friends of mine, well, not personally because I wasn't in girls' ministry. <laughs> Although I liked the girls' ministry. I've seen girls saved. I've seen girls saved. I've seen all the ministries. It's like Heinz 57. It's the spice of life. It's variety. Mm. And we're all in the same boat <clears throat> seeking the same result and that's souls to the kingdom. So we got to mm. learn to play together. And isn't it really just our own insecurities? Yeah. If we're being honest... I don't want them to like that leader or that group better than they like mine. If we're just calling a spade a spade, sometimes it's us. It's it's genuinely us, the leader, who's worried that like what I'm doing might not be as effective for somebody. And chances are, what I'm doing, I'm going to say Angel Perovsky, what Angel Perovsky is doing might not be effective for everybody, and that's okay. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have the answer for everybody. I'm not gonna be everybody's favorite personality. I'm not gonna be the the person in the room with all the answers. Sometimes somebody else who's been through something different than I have is gonna have a better answer than I am. Sometimes somebody who comes from that walk of life is gonna be able to speak in a way that I cannot. And it doesn't mean I'm not effective, and it doesn't mean I'm not called, and it doesn't mean I'm not valued. It just means that it takes a team. But we've got to be willing, and I said this before, we've got to be willing to stop trying to prove ourselves and start proving other people. You're proving Jesus in other people. Yes. That's our goal. It's not to prove myself. It's not that I can do it. I'm capable. It's let me prove Jesus in you. Mm. Let me see how Jesus can, can come alive in you. And sometimes it's by us taking a step back and being like, Nate, can you speak into that? Mm. You know, you have experience in that. And being okay with that, because that's the body. So... Mm. Anybody else up here? All right, so we're going to open it up to the floor. Questions that are youth, kids, JBQ, girls ministry specific. Yeah. Okay, so if we're talking about gender-specific ministries, sure. and we are talking about starting youth or going into a youth program at sixth grade, this is every church has this kind of little conflict. Yeah. Then I heard you, Angel, say earlier you do your girls ministries, I think girls only on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with your friends' groups? 
friends groups, like we pretty much at our church, we are not offering girls only because we they just go to youth. Yeah. But we seem like we had friends last year, and once that group moved on, they're just kind of wanting to go straight to youth. Mm-hmm. So, um, how do you, like, what do you do if you want to keep it gender specific? Maybe I should make this question mm-hmm. a target here. Yeah. How do you take those those friends age level six? seventh and eighth grade specifically mm-hmm. and where do you put them how do you work that out with like the traditional curriculum or or, or are most people are, are we finding this better to like try to do it on another night and just go ahead and let them go to youth are we trying to hold them back and keep them you know what's the general feeling across the board so for me i know you asked about my church um i am anti for everybody's church i'm sorry if i step on toes right now i'm anti picking where you go on the same night again we are just straight up given a label a label like put that label on that can you're that kind of girl and you're that kind of boy um so for us what i have found again because i i have shared that role of being a youth pastor and i was the coordinator at my church so i was like i see value in both here and there's no way the way we make it work at our church and we actually do more of the traditionally based we don't do badges and sashes but we do go through our curriculum um I, they have youth. We don't, they go in, they're on, they're on Wednesday nights, they go straight to youth from sixth grade on. Um, for us then, once a month, we get together on a Friday night and we have a girls' night. And that's for our friends and girls only. We do as much as we can combined. And actually, I mean, this is another conversation, but a lot of those units go together. Um, and it's the same sort of topic. So we will come together for part of it and separate for part of it. And then we always eat together. So it's just once a month on a Friday night because, I mean, you've got like four years to get a, a lot done, you know. So, I mean, once a month is actually more than you'll actually need. So, And they go to youth at six. That's our church. I'll say in the church I was at, um, right, there's some girls who... And it's okay if you choose. I'm just saying that's my... That's my no, it's, but it's the day, it's the, <laughs> no, it's the day we live in, though. Pe- people want the options, right? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's very common for churches to have multiple services now because some say, for whatever reason, you know, my kids, they're still sleeping at, you know, 8.30. I can't make that service. I, yeah. I need 11 o'clock, you know? We want to include people. So at our church, um, you know, if we had girls that were... Uh, going through girls' ministry, and it was right that pivotal time. Wait, do I go to youth, or I, I don't want to like mm-hmm. forsake girls' ministry? Um, the leaders talked with the young ladies and said, like, like, do you want to continue, on, you know, with girls' ministry and, and you know, go all the way through? And so some were like, yeah, like we want to. Can we have both? And so they made an arrangement with our girls' ministry leader to say, well, when works for you that we can all get together and meet? So it it felt like, ah, like I I can choose yeah. and still be a part of youth. Um, so, like, for her, obviously, it was a more set, like, hey, Friday night once a month. But then our girls' ministry leader just had the conversation. And so there wasn't, like, you know, the second like, we're trying to create something and force you into it. But at the same time, you have the freedom to choose. So if you want it, we'll make it available. Yeah. That's good. Anybody else on that? We basically take our <clears throat> youth ministry, and, and as a ranger myself growing up and then going into youth ministry after I got my gold medal, and then going into youth ministry and being the youth pastor in a church where it was competition. You know, you had to, you know, I, I want this, I want the quarterback of the football team in my youth group. Right. Because in the, all the other guys are going to come. I don't want them in Rangers because that's where all the guys are going to go. And it, it, it got to that point a little bit till we learn how to play together and work together. Mm-hmm. But where we're at now, we turn the Sunday night services over to our youth. We give them the church. So 
we're teaching them, they run everything. They do their praise and worship. They do all their other stuff. Wednesday nights we use as our discipleship hour. Although I find in a church it's unique. We call it family night, but we split them all the way up. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's something we need to be better at, at least once a month where we bring them together. But we allow our discipleship night on Wednesdays to be our rangers and our girls ministry mm-hmm. groups where they're getting more specific. Because they won't come out to Sunday school in the morning because it's 9.30. Right. So they're getting Sunday school on a Wednesday night. They're getting discipleship. And if they want the awards, they can go for it. But if not, we're still treating them the same. Yeah. Love and respect as everybody else. Yeah. But now, they don't have to make a choice. But we're offering solutions. And on a Sunday night, when the kids will come out, if the parents are there, now there's an opportunity as needed to where we'll meet with the parents. We'll have an elective for them and say, here, we're going to show you something that your kids need to know about, you need to know about. Yeah. There's no right or wrong way, as Angel said. You just got to know what's working in your church and in your community and in your people. And it could change in yeah. four years. Hmm. Yeah, that's so. good. I I know of a church that the, actually they're, the leader's not there anymore. But up until just a few years back, um, one of the the girls' ministry leaders used to stand outside the youth room door and stop people from going in and look at the girls and say, you're not going in there, right? You're going to come into class with me. That's the kind of competition. Why, when I get on my soapbox, is that behavior that I was embarrassed to be associated with, as yeah. any of the reps in the back corner would have been. Like, oh, no, uh-uh, we don't we don't promote that, right? But that's what that's what we have done, and it, it's hurtful. That that's just that's just a label. That's just labeling those kids as competing with one another. It is not sharpening anybody. Um, so, yeah, if you can be as synergetic as you can. You know what I'm saying? You like the way I just threw that little yeah, bomb yeah, in there? Yeah. Mm. So, anybody else on that? All right, other questions in the room? What are thoughts you guys have? Questions? I mean, what's going on in your friend's church, right? My question with youth ministry, do you see a value in splitting and having a tweens and a youth, because that's an awful age difference from a 12-year-old sixth grader to a 17 and 18-year-old junior senior who's running around in their own car. <laughs> Great question. So, I, I do. I understand some church, and, and so I, I want to answer the question carefully um, and not give a blanket statement. Statistically, it's very important at that fifth and sixth grade that they really have an understanding of the gospel and like and are secure in their faith. It's like that's huge. Before it was like, oh, when more of your teenager, that's a pivotal point. Now it's all the way fifth and sixth grade. Right. So it's super important, right, that we just don't say, you know, for some churches different, but whenever that is, oh, you're gonna go to youth and just sit in there and you're just like lost, right? Um, I understand some churches due to size, they just say, hey, you know, we're going to have a fifth through 12, six through 12 together in one room. There is a big difference. And so I, I, I say this when it comes to the youth ministry that Wednesday night, because uh, ours, ours was together. We made intentional times that we split the kids up into segments where where we get that question right 
my my baby, right? I mean, I, my my boy, my oldest boy is four, so he's not even close to his mystery. Oh, that's my baby. Like, I don't, you know, <laughs> I want to protect him from all things evil. You know, uh, like, like he will watch Disney all his life. You know, um, and, and, and I think he will he will watch you know uh, yeah you know uh, uh, TVN all his life. And, and so uh, gospel bill, somebody, come on. And so um, you know when so so when it comes to that, we tell parents listen. When a student comes to a Wednesday night service and we're all together, they will get biblical teaching, and we won't focus on the topical as much, mm-hmm. right? What, what's the difference, right? Like, what, you know, because sometimes you get the youth ministry, and for the sake of the room, I'll just use a very extreme example, right? We're talking about sex and dating. It's like, okay, I don't want my fifth grader hearing that. No, thank you. Uh, we're, we're not yeah, going to cool. go that far. We're going to focus more on the... Hey, like, what does it look like to be a man and woman of God and speak to developing the spiritual side of things? Now, when we go deeper, we would split the kids off. We would say, hey, you know, go with these leaders, and they would craft a conversation that was more specific to them. So if you do have them together, I think there has to be a very intentional, what are we really teaching the kids and we just can't hit the hot topic button issues. Hey, let's talk about social media. Let's talk about dating. Let's talk about sex before marriage. Let's talk about drugs. Let's talk about drinking. Like, you, you can't do that if you have all the kids together. If you are going to talk about relationships, right? Relationships for a fifth grader looks different, right? A fifth grader is saying, I'm hurt. My, my best friend doesn't want to hang out with me and play. A twelfth grader is like... Yeah, so I was dating, you know, uh, Jerome, and then Jerome started messing with so-and-so, and I was, like, not having it. Like, okay, that's, that's a whole different level. That's different relationships. And so for us, we want to say, when we talk about relationships, where's a fifth grader at in relationships? Where's a high school student when it comes to relationships? And that's where we kept our sermons at, but when we got into small groups, then we got down even deeper. So I, I, I hope that answers your question. So... Yeah, you know the landscape. Yeah, the landscape of youth ministry has really, really changed. You know, obviously, and, and more. So you are correct. More people are like, "Hey, let's have them together," and that's for multiple reasons. For us, our church was like a commuter church. There wasn't a lot of people in our immediate community, so you know it was hard to get people to come back out for multiple things. Right, for a parent to say, "I'm coming out for one night for my my senior high student," I got to come out another night, or you know, if you're splitting them off, we were finding. Um, for parents, you know, it, it was more like the options thing. We feel like a parent says, well, you know, there's a junior high event, now there's a senior high event, and now there's something for my kids. You know, like, they're ascending and descending, right? So I would say this, you know, there are pros and cons to both, right, and great arguments to both sides. But I would say there has to be a deep intentionality, especially youth ministers. Listen, I, I'm not, um, as youth ministers, right, Sometimes it's like the young, the young person who's like not even married, as green as green as could be. And sometimes you're a parent, like thinking, "Oh Lord, I'm trusting my baby to this guy or this girl." You know what I mean? And um, but I think there needs to be the element of okay, let's 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 help this person. Let's make sure intentional. If you're a parent, offer to serve in there. You know, I, I mean that seriously. Because um, you know, 
that young youth pastor who's 21, 22, or just newly married or, or single, they might need some wisdom of a mom and a dad to say, hey, I don't think that's a good idea to fit 20 people in that minivan. Um, that's my advice. <laughs> but what do I know? <laughs> um, and so I think that, you know, that's that, that type of thing because um, it, it is an interesting time in youth ministry. But sorry, that's a long answer to your question. <laughs> okay. And if you have the resource, do it. But a lot of churches don't have the resource to do it, so it's... Yeah. We try to do both. I don't know if that helps her. We um, we bring both of them together for praise and worship, and so that way they kind of get to know each other. So when one does move up to the next class, they already kind of have a relationship with one another. But once praise and worship is done, we split, and the junior high goes to their class, and then the high school goes to their class. That's good. And that seems to work well for us. Yeah, and and I think a lot of like like you know, that works well. Like because like for us, for me. You know, it was like I liked having everyone t- together um, and the times we had separate. I feel like in the ecosystem of youth ministry, it kind of worked out nice. Sometimes we have all middle school students that could be like, all right, you know, trying to get their attention. High school students, we have them just by themselves, like they're too cool for anything. Um, but when you have them together, sometimes it's hard to act real cool when you have a middle school student making fart noises around you. Uh, or, you know, or like the little brother's messing up your game with the girl you know, you're trying to talk to. Um, all those kind of things. But yeah, but I think the intentionality, like you said, where, hey, you know, hey, sons, we're going to split up and that works good for us. And every church culture is um, different. You just have to be willing to explore. He's coming. I, don't know if, I don't know if we want to Jeremiah. that guy. All right. And, and with that, we were youth pastors for a number of years before. I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be. But we, we, we had to do the combined thing. But that's also where we utilized the Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries. Those were our small groups. Mm-hmm. We, we supported our Ranger leaders and our Girls Ministries because not only did they get gender specific, but they were broken down by age group. And so there were things that they were teaching that we tried to reinforce with youth group and back and forth. Those those were extremely valuable because of the small church. We didn't maybe we couldn't split up the youth group, but we got Rangers and Girls Ministry leaders that are are breaking it up, junior high, senior high. And so we intentionally promoted those as our small groups and our leaders in youth group helped in the Rangers and Girls Ministries so there was continuity between the two. Yeah. It's good. Excellent. Yay! Good job. <laughs> Anybody else? I, 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 I was blessed. I was really surprised that we got that level of wisdom from you. <laughs> Can you go get Jeremiah now? Yeah. Where'd that come from? Thank you so much for being here with us today. We appreciate you, all you're doing to serve our local churches. Yes. I know I could speak on behalf of all of us. If there is anything we can do to resource you or to just walk alongside you, we would be honored to do that. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you.